This is a 980 CKNW podcast. You are live with the App Show. Mike Agarbo with Graham Williams here in studio. We have a lot of apps to talk about on today's program and all the greatest uh, tips as well from Facebook to iPhone uh, to fitness. So uh, stay tuned for all of that. We also have our Hot 5 app countdown this week. This week it's the Hot 5 camping apps. News, app news, uh, Graham. Rihanna saying that Snapchat is guilty of shaming domestic violence victims. Yeah, so this goes back to the Rihanna-Chris Brown incident, and Snapchat basically had users choose between the two, which uh, the way that it was done was actually done quite tastelessly. And, uh, I mean, if you know anything about the situation, uh, Chris Brown obviously uh, alleged and found to have uh, assaulted Rihanna. So at at this point, you know, it's you've got to ask somebody at Snapchat, how tone-deaf are you? Um, yeah, and so it was basically an ad that appeared in Snapchat, um, a game ad uh, called Would You Rather? Uh, in this case, it was a picture of Rihanna with uh, Chris Brown. Would you rather slap Rihanna or punch Chris Brown? Where, where, where do you go with that? Like, it's just no one at Snapchat looked at this and went, you know, this is probably a bad idea. Um, you know, they've, they've had a lot of problems over the course of the last uh, few weeks with people apparently knocking money off their valuation. No, guys, you're doing this yourselves. You're, your platform <laughs> no, is a mess. Your user interface is all over the place and you do tasteless stuff like this. It's no wonder the kids are leaving in droves. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. And, and how that works, uh, you know, for a lot of these social platforms, uh, this was basically an ad taken out by a game company. Uh, they go to the self-serve uh, parts of uh, the platform to upload their ads and then, you know, pick who they want to target. Uh, but, you know, I, I wonder, is a human being actually looking at these ads before they go up or uh, they're just letting them go up? They, they just let them go and then they're reported in. And of course, you know, you do something after the fact, but that's the problem right now is we're, we have these automated systems where we're trusting uh, people. And it seems on more than one occasion that we really can't trust people. You need to have that, uh, that, you know, human interface, that, that person there that's stopping and saying, we, no, we can't do this. Ride sharing still a distant reality for Vancouver and BC, but uh, available in many other parts of the world, pretty well all other parts of the world. Uh, Toronto, they uh, apparently are getting a, a new women's only ride sharing app. This is one that's kind of, I mean, it's interesting. Uh, obviously, that one of the biggest concerns about ride sharing is the safety of users. And that's sort of been a bit overblown because it seems like the uh, safety level is pretty much equal to what you see in uh, in taxis. But we do have, you know, essentially an unregulated group that is, uh, you know, acting as almost a taxi service for users out there, which means that anybody could be part of this. So I can understand as, you know, a woman, if you are uh, not feeling secure with knowing who your driver is uh, and you're looking for someone of the same gender, this could be a good service for you. Um, the question here is, is, are women any less likely to assault one another or have things that are untoward happen uh, in these events? And I suppose with the rise of the service, we're going to find out. Yeah, I mean, obviously the big guys out there, Uber and Lyft uh, are uh, the main guys, uh, but we're going to start seeing uh, more and more of these ride-sharing services uh, get into uh, into the game. A lot of car manufacturers uh, are getting into it as well. Yeah. I, I mean, the question here now becomes an issue of, so we're okay with, uh, you know, this particular service discriminating uh, based on gender. 
uh, what if other services pop up and they are looking to discriminate based on other things? I won't take uh, riders under the age of 25 because I feel like young people get drunk too often or maybe, uh, you know, overly violent. I won't take people of a given religion, um, of a given color. You know, we, we basically, th- that's the slippery slope thing. And, you know, this may be the very tip of that slippery slope. But, you know, we're starting to look at this and say, where do we draw the line here? Um, yeah, the app's called Drive Her. It's uh, started already on March 16th, so we'll, uh, we'll follow up and see how that uh, all plays out. Uh, another interesting story, a home-cooked meal for cheap. There's an app for that, but critics are skeptical. Well, so I've actually used a service like this um, a little while back. There's a service in Vancouver called Meals Await. Uh, it's W-E-I-G-H-T. And uh, it's a woman who is fully licensed and has a proper kitchen, uh, but basically delivers meals to you uh, at the beginning of the week. So the idea here, though, is that if you make bigger meals, let's say you, you cook for eight instead of cooking for four because it's going to take the same amount, same amount of time, you can take these extra portions and then sell them. The challenge here, obviously, is that... <laughs> okay, I can see all sorts of things going wrong with this. I mean, you know... I it's, like it's, the idea, though. It's, it's, it's a great idea, but, you know, this is kind of why we have food safety regulations in place, because we have no idea the conditions that these things could be cooked in or whatnot. So essentially what you're saying is all of the steps that restaurants have to go to, this might sound similar to all the steps that taxis have to go to in the way of regulation, um, this crowdsourced app uh, basically bypasses all of those things. And so it's kind of, you need to look at this. Like if you are on side with Uber, but you're not on side with this, we're looking at the same regulations that are designed to keep people safe. And we're looking at bypassing both of them in order to create something that is more convenient. The app is called uh, La Piet, uh, spelled L-A-P-I-A-T. I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that uh, correctly. Starting off in the greater Toronto area and uh, again allows uh, people to make meals in their home and sell them to people that want them through the app so you can set the price and uh, figure out the pickup and, and delivery. That's all for the cook and the diner to, to figure out. That could be wonderful. It could be a great way to try different types of cuisine. Of course, we also have restaurants for that. <laughs> I don't know if this is a joke or not. The Nigerian government launches an anti-corruption app. How did we not see this coming? <laughs> <laughs> I guess one of the worst countries for all these, uh, you know, scams uh, and obviously a very corrupt uh, place uh, to do business uh, as well. Uh, They're coming out uh, with an app that uh, I guess is supposed to reduce corruption. I don't know how that will actually work though. Well, and I think, I mean, at this point, the biggest challenge is probably flagging parts of Nigerian infrastructure that are being used in these 419 scams. So the 419 scam typically is, uh, you know, someone uh, reaches out to you, says that they have a sum of money for you. You've won the lottery. It's been left to you in an estate. Uh, You've won a lawsuit that you didn't know you were a part of. uh, And they're basically looking to get that money over to you. You just need to pay an administration fee. Uh, usually of, you know, five, ten, thirty thousand dollars to get your two million dollars, ten million dollars, whatever it is. Uh, of course, you wire the money and the other money never comes through. Um, you know, there was a very famously uh, money had been left to you by a Nigerian prince, uh, which is what they were called Nigerian prince scams as well. Uh, being able to flag the infrastructure. So looking at phone numbers, looking at uh, web accounts, IP addresses, uh, being able to flag that stuff through this app. Uh, maybe one way that the Nigerian government is looking at uh, cutting down on that kind of thing. Well, it'll be interesting to see what uh, happens uh, with that. But essentially, the uh, app is called Doro Corruption, and uh, it's a mobile app that uh, lets uh, Nigerians uh, uh, actually report cases of corruption, but also gives them the latest trends in the anti-corruption sphere. So basically, if you've offered a bribe or you know someone's offered a bribe, report it. 
Well, let's switch gears and uh, get our iPhone tip of the week. iPhone tip of the week. Unleash the power of your iOS device. What do you got, Graham? A uh, big one this week, obviously, with uh, things like Cambridge Analytica in the news and securing your devices. Uh, there actually was a, as an Israeli firm that's saying that they can hack into your device, your iPhone, uh, which remains to be seen whether or not this is accurate. But uh, the one thing that's standing in their way is a better passcode. So this week's iPhone tip of the week is up, upgrading from a four-digit passcode to something that is far more secure, either a six-digit or an alphanumeric passcode. So essentially what you're going to do is uh, go to settings, uh, go to touch ID and passcode, and uh, go to uh, change passcode. Under passcode options, you'll be given the option to uh, go with a shorter four-digit code, which is less secure, uh, go with a six-digit code, or go with an alphanumeric code. Uh, The more numbers and digits that you add into your uh, passcode for your iPhone, the harder it is for someone to be able to brute force that phone uh, down the road. Um, If you're over 10 digits, it actually right now is currently impossible with the computing that we have for that to be uh, hacked into through regular means. So that is your iPhone tip of the week creating a more secure passcode uh, to keep yourself secure against the bad guys. Thanks, Graham. When we come back, the Netflix tax. It keeps popping up. What does it mean? Are we going to be paying more money for Netflix? Stay tuned. You are back with the App Show in studio here with uh, Mike Agarbo and Graham Williams. I want to talk about uh, the Netflix uh, tax that we've been hearing a lot about. Uh, It keeps coming up again and again. Trudeau uh, in Parliament has basically said, no, there will be no Netflix tax. Uh, We'll be talking with our guest shortly, Michael Geist, uh, about that. Before we do, let's uh, get our Facebook tip of the week, Graham. So our Facebook tip of the week, I mean, right now we're obviously looking for good things about Facebook, trying to find reasons why people might want to stick with the social platform. So uh, one of those things is actually being able to check in in an emergency and actually to report and ask for help in an emergency. Uh, So with Facebook, you can log into your account and go to the safety check section of the app or the website. And inside there, you're going to see a map of red and green dots. Uh, Red dots indicate uh, people who are in, in need of help. Green dots are those who are offering to help. Uh, So you can fill through this map, um, and if you need help, you can actually post a question in there uh, by applying filters and and doing that. Or if you're going to be able to offer help, you can actually uh, click on the option to do that in that safety check section. So uh, essentially all you do, find yourself on the map. If you're going to be asking for help, you ask for help and create a post that way. Uh, If you're going to be offering help, you let people know what you can do, and uh, you hit post so that you can be able to be put into the network during an emergency. So that's this week's Facebook tip of the week, uh, helping each other out or getting help in an emergency. Well, a lot of the big internet giants uh, here in Canada are foreign. Netflix would be uh, one of those. And uh, there's been a lot of talk about uh, them not paying sales tax. And uh, I guess specifically consumers not paying sales tax. On the line, we have our guest. His name is Dr. Michael Geist, and he's a law professor at the University of Ottawa, Ottawa, where he holds the Canada Research Chair in Internet and E-Commerce Law and is a member of the Centre for Law, Technology and Society. Thanks uh, for joining us, Michael. Oh, sure. Thanks for having me. Uh, wanted to get you on the line to talk about uh, the Netflix tax, which seems to kind of bubble up uh, every uh, so often. Uh, Prime Minister Trudeau basically has come out uh, last month saying that there will be no tax uh, um, the internet giants like Netflix uh, for the middle class. Can you help our listeners uh, understand what this Netflix tax means? Sure, and I agree. I agree with you. It seems to pop up a lot, and I think there's a fair amount of confusion. In part because people often mean different things when they refer to a so-called Netflix tax. There is, on the one hand, the prospect of 
mandating companies like Netflix to make contributions towards the support of Canadian content. That's something we see with broadcasters and broadcast distributors, and we've had some who have argued that companies like Netflix should be required to make payments to support CanCon creation as well. Some, some have referred to that as a Netflix tax. Some other people talk about it in terms of just basic sales tax, the notion that we pay sales tax, of course, on, on lots of goods and services, and that uh, sales tax should be equally applicable to a digital service like Netflix. And yet even others talk about this in the context of large companies, tech companies, or otherwise paying the applicable corporate income taxes. Um, so all three sometimes are used when we're talking about Netflix tax, although most recently there's been a lot of emphasis on the sales tax side of the story. So very straightforward. <laughs> uh, talking about the sales tax, I mean, that really just comes down to a company like Netflix uh, just, uh, I guess, getting the sales tax from consumers. Yeah, I mean, it, it always just struck me as a little bit of an odd thing for some people to be so angry about. Um, Netflix itself, of course, doesn't pay sales tax. Companies don't pay sales taxes. Consumers do. And so in the case of a Netflix tax, it's all really just a question of whether or not Netflix would be required to collect sales taxes from their subscribers and then remit what they collect to the government. Uh, we see, of course, lots of companies do that. Netflix is not currently required to do that as they don't have a presence, physical presence in the country. Uh, it, it, it seems to me that you know, it, it's a bit of a misnomer that, that you couldn't establish this. You could. In fact, consumers who are really so angry that they're not paying more for Netflix, which is in a sense what this comes down to, uh, are perfectly positioned to do so. In fact, in the upcoming income tax filings, there is a form that you can fill out where you can pay the GST or HST or the applicable sales taxes that otherwise were applicable that you didn't pay because they weren't collected by the merchant. And so people who feel strongly that they should be paying more for Netflix by paying sales taxes can actually remit the applicable sales taxes right now to the government if they were really keen on doing so. Are you going to rush to do that, Michael? I'm not, and <laughs> nobody is, of course, which is why we get the arguments for sales taxes. The challenge there, though, is that if you think about a company like a Netflix, it's going to, it operates in over 100 countries with potentially thousands of sales tax jurisdictions once you start getting into provinces and states and even sometimes cities. And so identifying the applicable taxes, remitting them, uh, creates significant co costs and, and may create some confusion. Now, for a company like Netflix that's pretty big, they could handle that. And, of course, ultimately it's consumers that would pay the price. But if we think of a lot of smaller players that might have a small number of subscribers or users in Canada they might look at those additional costs and say it's simply not worth servicing the market. And in other words, they would start blocking Canadians from their service because the additional administrative costs uh, really would outweigh the benefits of offering up Canadians more choice. And from a tax perspective for Canada Revenue Agency, some of the collection costs of enforcing this against small players where we're talking about very little in revenue the cost of enforcement might actually outweigh what they're going to be able to collect as well. So part of the challenge is developing uniform global standards that allow global online operators to efficiently collect and remit sales taxes, don't impose 
more administrative burden than is necessary um, and make it worthwhile for everyone. And we're in the, on the road to that, but we're not quite there yet. It's very interesting. Uh, you know, obviously, it's a very competitive space uh, in the uh, the digital side. Uh, you know, especially with content. Uh, you know, like Netflix. Uh, you know, we've got Crave TV up here. But you know, to your point, smaller, uh, I guess, startups uh, might feel disadvantaged if they have to have all, all these extra costs. Do you, do you think it makes it that uh, uncompetitive? Well, I don't think I don't think it makes our Canadian services all that competitive. I think you'd be hard pressed to find many people that. Pick Crave TV over Netflix because of the the or pick Netflix rather over Crave TV because they don't have to pay sales tax. <laughs> um, so I, I mean that 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 strikes me as a pretty implausible claim. The services, both services, are pretty reasonably priced, um, and people who choose Netflix undoubtedly do so not because it's slightly cheaper if you exclude the sales tax, uh, but rather because they think that it has more to offer. Um, so I don't think sales taxes are having a significant impact in the marketplace, but I recognize there are some that will argue that, um, you know, of course, people are price sensitive, and if there is a difference in cost, that may factor into some of these decisions. As I say, the challenge then becomes how do you just, how do you establish some of these global standards? And we're starting to see moves in that direction. An organization called the OECD, which brings together many of the large developed economies around the world, has been working on digital tax issues for several years and, and hopes to conclude its global standards, in effect, within the next couple of years. So we've had the federal government saying no Netflix tax now, but we've also had the, the finance minister say that he's studying the issue. In fact, studying this issue goes back to the conservative government under Stephen Harper, which also opened the door to studying this issue. And, of course, we've had individual provinces, most notably Quebec, say that they're going to move forward on some sort of digital sales tax system with or without the federal government. We're talking uh, with our guest, Dr. Michael Guest, a law professor at the University of Ottawa, where he holds the Canada Research Chair in Internet and E-Commerce Law, all about the uh, the so-called Netflix tax. I want to thank you for joining us today, uh, Dr. Geist. Oh, sure. Thanks so much for having me. When we come back from the break, still more to talk about here on the App Show, including our Hot 5. This week, it's the Hot 5 Camping Apps. Stay tuned. You are back with the App Show. Mike and Graham here in studio. Still uh, lots more to talk about on the App Show. We'll be doing streaming this week and also uh, crazy and game apps of the week uh, as well. So stay tuned for that. Uh, And I think we have a fitness app, don't we? Yes, we do. Cool, cool. Uh, One of my favorite segments. Uh, Let's see what uh, the Hot 5 Countdown's all about. The weekly app, Hot 5. This week, it's the Hot 5 Camping Apps. Are you ready to go camping, Grant? I am very much ready to go camping. You're a camping man? I am indeed. Uh, So the top five camping apps uh, this week. Uh, Let's start with number five, Parks Canada. Uh, this is a fantastic app for uh, finding all the, the best uh, parks and campgrounds out there. Yeah, I've actually got some stuff booked this year, and um, I'm very excited because I got myself a brand new tent, um, something called a shift pod. Have you seen these things? No. They're $1,200. I'll, I'll give you a second with you that. You bought a $1,200 tent? I did because it, wrong with it, you? it looks like the lunar capsule from the Apollo program. I hope it has like a 42-inch uh, <laughs> TV in there with... Uh, it, satellite. It might as well. It's got it's got a vestibule, and you can actually connect six of these things together with tunnels. So if you've got friends, dollars. Yeah, it's it's this thing is. So you're it, like a, you're you're creating a hamster, a hamster village. Pretty much, it's a, yeah. it's it's the habit trail of tents. So, <laughs> so back to the app, Parks Canada. 
this is uh, where you can go to plan a successful trip. Uh, you can find all the hidden gems. You can tag special events. And you can also create a personalized packing list. We're talking about the Hot 5 Countdown this week. Hot 5 Camping Apps. Number four, Camping Assistant. Camping Assistant's uh, an easy way to prepare weeks in advance so that everything is written down, purchased, and checked off before you actually leave the house. Future trips also become easier as the app remembers past lists. This is handy because uh, we used to go camping a lot when my kids were younger. We still do the odd bit of camping, but I can't tell you how much stuff we forget. Yeah, I mean, having that list, I, I, w- I was doing this in uh, Apple Notes for a while where I would clone this list every time I would go traveling and basically use it to check off things so that I wouldn't forget anything. And it's, uh, it's a handy way to go about things. Hot 5 countdown this week is the Hot 5 camping apps. Number three, Google Sky Map. If you're out in the great outdoors, why not have an app that can actually help you see what stars are up there? And we've seen this in the past that, you know, there was Skywalk and Skywatch and a few other things, but Google has obviously crowdsourced this and uh, put together some pretty cool things. Uh, I still, I really like Skywatch. That's kind of my, that's kind of my go-to. But yeah, Google Sky Map is number three this week. I'm going to have to give it a go. Are you? Yeah. (laughs) This is cool. So you basically hold your phone up into the sky and as you move it around, uh, the camera uh, basically will tell you what you're looking at, whether that's the moon. Hopefully you know what the moon is, but uh, a lot of the stars and planets, it'll identify it for you, which I think is like magic. Yeah, it's great, especially when you see things like the uh, the ISS go over and you can kind of see that little streak as it's, as it's popping along. If you've got a telescope or a good pair of binoculars, it can really enhance the experience for you. This app is next one, number two on the Hot 5 app countdown this week for camping, Canadian Red Cross First Aid. Which is something that, Everyone, before you go camping, you should have at least a basic knowledge of first aid and having an app to help you uh, does not hurt at all. You should actually have a first aid kit, number one, when you go camping. Do you? I do. Actually, I carry one in my car. So I've got a a first aid kit and make sure you go through with your first aid kits and keep them up to date. You know, uh, things do expire. Your alcohol wipes will dry out eventually. Um, So I've got a, a proper earthquake preparedness kit at home. And then I've got my first aid kit uh, for my car in there. And then I've got a camping first aid kit as well, which is kind of the medium one in between the two. That's kind of cool. So you've got two. So after the bear mauls you and if you can crawl back <laughs> to your car, there's still that backup kit. I've seen The Revenant. I know how this goes. It does not, does not <laughs> end uh, well. Again, uh, number two on the Hot 5 app countdown this week. We're talking about camping apps. Canadian Red Cross first aid. Number one this week, learn to camp. Which is something that, again, we should all do. Um, I mean, camping obviously is a fun activity for the whole family. It could also be a fun activity for, uh, you know, just you solo if you want to go out and check out the wilderness. We've got lots of beautiful things around us here in British Columbia. So uh, this is one of the things that when I moved out here, I wanted to do more of. Unfortunately, it gets to be very expensive because camping gear is awesome and it's hard not to buy. Oh my God. I I wish I had this uh, when we first started camping. Again, the number one app this week on the Hot 5 is Learn to Camp. Never been camping, not sure where to get started. You'll find tips, advice, and all the information you need to plan and enjoy your first camping trip. And if you are already an experienced camper, you'll love the recipes, checklists, and insider tips as well. I remember my first camping trip. We went up with a bunch of friends uh, and all our little kids at the time, and uh, it was just a debacle. It was up at Manning Park. It's summertime, but it gets cold up there at night. Oh, yeah. And so I borrowed a tent and... uh, from my friend uh, Hermos. And he basically said to me, you can borrow this, but if you can't get this tent back in this bag, you keeping it. <laughs> I never did get it back in the bag. I, I kept so you, it. You got a tent out of the deal. Yes. Um, but I didn't bring a mattress, air mattress. Oh no. 
And so that was a very rough yep. few nights. Yeah. And I didn't bring a jacket because I thought it's summertime. Oh, no. It's going to be super hot. But at night, it's super cold. My favorite, though, was my son. Uh, I think he was probably about six at the time. I won't say which one. Uh, we get everything packed in. It's just stressful at home, but we finally get in the car. We drive all the way to Manning Park. And if you know Manning Park, there are no stores up there. I mean, they've got the lodge and you can get some basic groceries. Anyway, we get to the campsite. All the kids pile out. My son piles out and he's like, hey, where's my shoes? Oh, no. <laughs> so we actually packed them into the car with no shoes. <laughs> so that's why you need learn to camp. That's uh, the hot five this week for camping apps. Before we get to streaming uh, coming up after the break, Graham, what's our Facebook tip of the week? So our Facebook tip of the week is uh, being able to take a bit of a break from someone. Uh, we've all had that person on our list who has decided to post incessantly and perhaps share a little bit of too much information. So you're going to log in your Facebook account and find a post that they have overshared on. Uh, click the three dots in the top right-hand corner, and you're going to see a couple of things. You'll see save post, hide post, and snooze for 30 days. Uh, click on snooze for 30 days, and you'll put that person quietly in the corner where they you can't hear them, and you won't see their posts for the next month. Take a break, and hopefully at that point, you're ready to re-engage that friendship, and if not, take them off your list. That's actually a brilliant uh, thing they added, because in the past, I mean, you either just unfollowed them or you kept looking at all their crazy posts. Yeah. And now you can actually just for 30 days for a month, just kind of yep. peace out. On you, can, the... you can actually do that for 24 hours for seven days. I find 30 days is a nice number to preserve friendships. <laughs> it's just a good chunk Because then time. when they come back, it'll be fresh, right? Yeah. yeah. We're going to have to take a break. When we come back, it's streaming time. We will be talking about uh, what's streaming on Netflix. And I think you also have a, a game app of the week and a fitness app as well, don't yes, you? Yes, I do. You're listening to The App Show here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You're back with The App Show. Mike Eggerbo here with Graham Williams. Before we get to what's streaming this week on Netflix, Amazon Prime, and Crave TV, Graham, you have a, a fitness app of the week for us. Yeah, so our fitness app this week is Playbook. Now, this is available for iOS, and it's good for comprehensive fitness tracking. So essentially, it's, it's going to link, link you up with a fitness tracker online and basically personalizes your training by uh, pairing you with this person. And this person is actually a digital trainer. Um, and they're going to be modeled after a trainer, a social media influencer, or an athlete of your choosing. So you're going to basically follow these people. You're going to get daily updates on their workouts, their routines, and wellness advice, uh, as well as their 10 most recent workouts. So you can communicate directly with them. And again, this is a, a digital training uh, thing. Uh, and with others in the training community. And you can switch training as many times as you like. So it's $9.99 a month. And basically gives you that uh, personal training experience through an app. Very interesting. Well, uh, let's uh, find out what's uh, happening on uh, the streaming platforms. Streaming this week. Well, let's uh, look at uh, Netflix uh, first, uh, Graham. Uh, first up here, the stand-ups, season two. We decide, let's go to the bar. We'll get two drinks. We have a lot more than that. We shouldn't have had that many drinks. Now, is that our fault? Yeah. But is it? Yeah. Well, black in Alabama. That shocked me. You know you can leave, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, this is season two of uh, Netflix uh, series. Uh, a lot of great stand-up comedians, so a lot of fun to watch if you just want to sit back and relax. I think this is one of the best things about the streaming platforms is that they have given us access to so much great stand-up comedy. 
Next up uh, on Netflix, Shadow Hunters Season 3. This is a uh, an American supernatural drama television uh, series uh, based on the popular book series, The Mortal Instruments. Let's uh, check it out. After everything we've been through, I can't believe that we're here together. I just want to make sure I'm not dreaming. Kill her. What are you waiting for? Kill her. Kill her. Uh, so <laughs> this is, uh, uh, I guess, about uh, shadow hunters, human angel hybrids who hunt down demons. Season three on Netflix. Everything you've been dreaming for, Graham. I was really looking for another demon hunting show with angels. So awesome. Next up, uh, another Netflix series. Uh, this looks like it's uh, aimed at uh, the younger crowd. Alexa and Katie. Be what we expected. Why didn't you tell me? When school starts, instead of seeing me, everybody's going to see cancer. Hashtag here for you. Everybody's going to know me as the sick girl. And I'm so much more than that. What if you're not the only one they're noticing? Okay, Katie. Y- you are the best friend that anyone could... Oh! So uh, again, uh, a new series for uh, Netflix uh, aimed at the, uh, I guess, the the tween and young adult market. Yeah. The best thing about this show is it's going to be triggering everyone's Amazon speaker. I think that's <laughs> Alexa. Yes. That's a good feature. Uh, another uh, new movie here, Game Over Man from Netflix coming out this week. Breaking news, a star-studded event at the Level Hotel in Los Angeles has been taken over by armed gunmen. We now go to a live feed from the assailants and can confirm that one of the hostages is international pop star, Shaggy. <laughs> yeah, uh, Go Shaggy's happening. Sing it wasn't me! Sing it, Shaggy! Honey came and she caught me red-handed, creeping with a girl next door. <laughs> Okay, this is a, a crazy uh, movie. Three friends must level up and become heroes when their workplace, a Los Angeles hotel, is taken hostage by evil gunmen seeking a large ransom. Looks a little crazy. Yeah, it, it's a little diehardish. I'm in. I think I could do it. Uh, Netflix, this has been a popular series, The Santa Clarita Diet with Drew Barrymore and Timothy Oliphant. Mommy's going a little crazy down here, so I need to get out. And I know you're worried I'm going to go out there and kill somebody. But think about all the people I haven't killed. Literally everyone in the world except three people. Well, you look at it that way, uh, that's okay. Uh, have you seen that series yet? I've not, no. It's a uh, zombie? It's, yeah, it's kind of a zombie thing. Drew Barrymore has to, uh, she's a zombie and she has to eat human flesh and brains, I guess. Um, but... Um, with the help of her husband, uh, they just go after bad people. Okay, so it's kind of like Dexter cross with eye zombie. Fair. Right. I'm in. Okay. Well, next up, uh, we're going to switch over to Crave TV, Billions, Season 3. Paul Giamatti and uh, Daniel Lewis. I am not hiding. I'm not cowering. I'm not defeated. I have to dominate. So why the hesitation? Fear? Rage. Have you seen the show? I've not, no. I love uh, uh, Danny Lewis. He's phenomenal. Oh, he's fantastic. Uh, this is uh, basically about a, uh, a billionaire uh, trader investor, and uh, that's Daniel Lewis, and uh, goes up against uh, Paul Giamatti, who uh, works for the attorney general, who's trying to take him down. 
Uh, very cool. And uh, finally, we've got uh, The Truth is in the Stars. And again, this is uh, Crave TV. We humans are naturally born dreamers. We have an innate curiosity for the deep mysteries of life. Occasionally people ask me, what do I think the future will bring? I'm fascinated as to the why of it all. Dreams are at the intersection of science fiction and science fact. Who makes tomorrow come, if not the dreamers? They inspired the creators of Star Trek to imagine a future where we have developed the technology and the know-how to explore and colonize distant galaxies. Everything rolls back to Star Trek. I'm just telling you that. So this is, uh, uh, I guess, kind of a documentary. William Shatner interviewing a bunch of uh, celebrities uh, about, I guess, space and technology. I've, I've been re- listening to an audiobook recently, uh, The 50-Year Mission, about the history of Star Trek. And seeing this actually makes me very excited for this, this show. Uh, someone said to me the other day, you know, we're at the point in history right now where it's going to go one of two ways. We're either going to become Star Trek or we're going to become Mad Max. I'm really hoping for Star Trek. Mad Max. <laughs> Well, I hope it doesn't go that way. Yeah, me too. We still have lots more to talk about uh, on today's program. Coming up after the break, we have our travel app of the week. So stay tuned. You are back with the app show. Mike and Graham here in studio. Don't forget to listen to our sister program, Get Connected. We've been doing that for over 15 years now. Airs Saturdays uh, here on here on CKNW 980 and across the Chorus Radio Network at 10 a.m. It's all uh, the latest tech news and gadgets and tips and tricks. So you'll want to stay uh, tuned for that next week. Graham, it's Travel App of the Week. What do we got? So the Travel App of the Week this week is something called Gate Guru. Now, this is a free app that's available for both Android and iOS. And I mean, there's a lot of apps out there that will do flight tracking. So they'll let you know, you know, which gate you're supposed to be at, um, you know, what time you're supposed to be there. But I think we can both agree that the airport experience is more than just that. Uh, in a lot of cases, these places are massive, sprawling hubs, depending on where you fly into. Yes. Um, so, you know, when you're trying to get through the airport, knowing things like how long is your wait time? Where are the amenities? Where's the bathroom? That's a that's a really important one. Uh, GateGuru collects all of these things, along with uh, you know tens of thousands of user reviews. Um, you know, most recently I was in London, and in the Queen's Terminal Two, uh, they say it's a 15 minute walk from security to your gate, and they're not joking. That is a long walk. That's a really long walk. Um, I know some airports, it's like a 30-minute walk. And, you know, people think, well, you know, I'll, I'll leave two hours to get there. And it's an hour to get through security and, and whatnot. And then, you know, we board in half an hour. But, so we've got time to get a bite. No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> but like go. A, an app like this is so helpful because it'll give you all the details on that. Absolutely. So it basically gives you the uh, the wayfinding points. And so because sometimes there are shortcuts or sometimes you can, you know, flag a golf cart and that kind of thing. So. Uh, being able to know what you're doing in the airport is incredibly important, and uh, Gate Guru does that for you. Basically, takes that maze and knocks all the walls down, metaphorically speaking. You know what I like about this one too? Uh, it actually gives you information about airport food. Yes. With like thirty-five thousand ratings and reviews, which is important because I'm always food, struggling when I'm in the airport. It's not cheap either. No. Right. So knowing how fast you're going to get served, knowing how good the food's going to be, the type of food that you're going to get. Uh, can be very advantageous in planning out your time in an airport. Really great if you've got a stopover as well, right? You don't have time to learn the airport, but you just want to get some stuff done. Gate Guru is kind of a good choice. And so Gate Guru, uh, again, uh, for iPhone and Android? For iPhone and Android, yes. And free. Free. So how do they make money? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> They're stealing all our information. Selling it all to Cambridge Analytica. <laughs> 
Uh, we're kidding. Hopefully not. <laughs> Hopefully not. Uh, again, Gate Guru, Gate Guru, that's our travel uh, app of the week. Again, don't forget to tune in on a weekly basis to the app show every Sunday here at 10 a.m. Uh, Vancouver time on CKNW 980 and, uh, of course, across the Chorus Radio Network. And we'd love if you tuned in to Get Connected. That's our uh, radio program and TV show as well that's uh, available on the Business News Network and Check TV locally. Looks like uh, that's all the time we have left. I want to thank uh, Graham Williams and Christina Stoyanova for helping put uh, this show together on a weekly basis. We'll see you again next time. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, TuneIn, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.